Hello everyone, welcome to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 142. If you don't know, this is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. I'm going for more of a, a fireside chat vibe this week, Steve. I usually come out so loud it like spikes the mic and it's really aggressive, but I think this week I'm feeling a little bit more mellow, you know? Mm. It's, it's Sunday evening of a long weekend, you know? We're just... It is. I'm sleeping in tomorrow, that's yeah. the plan. Oh, had a jelly. So good. We had to we had to take turns sleeping in. Like Friday, I slept in. Sorry, mm. Saturday I slept in. Today, Heather slept in. Tomorrow, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? What we do know is that we're a site dedicated to covering. Oh, I already said that part. But if you didn't know that, I'll say it again. <laughs> Games main Canada people create them. My name's Steven, spelled with a PH and an A. I'm one of the main people behind CanadianGames.com. Joining me, of course, is the other main dude, Steven, spelled with a PH and an E for the purposes of this podcast, referred to as Steve, so it's not to confuse you too much. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. I had, like, immense back pain for, like, a week and a half, mm. and uh, it's finally, like, much better and getting better, and it just makes me happy, because there was, like, two or three days where I was just like, this is my life now. I just, I just <laughs> don't have a back. It's, it hurts so much. I couldn't believe it. You know what else makes me happy? What's that? The support of our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash devs. We're backing us. Gets you special access to this show a couple days early, a Patreon-only channel on our Discord, shoutouts at the end of every episode, as well as occasional game key giveaways, and the knowledge that you're helping us keep the lights on covering the games made in Canada. Isn't that nice, Steve? It is nice. And every new Patreon helps my back a little bit more. Yeah. It's like <laughs> there's a huge financial burden on steve's back and and every dollar people chip in just takes a little bit off you know exactly let's start with some events do we have any are there still events going on i got one uh, I want to plug from yeah. um nova scotia interactive society and uh if you don't know they're kind of like uh it's kind of for profit like you buy to be a member but they also have events they put on for everyone mm-hmm. anyway uh, May 27th at 6.30, that's a Wednesday, they're having an online event hosted um, by Ubisoft Halifax's social media person, shout out, follows us on Twitter. Um, it'll, the theme is going to be marketing and community engagement and, and overall social media for indie game studios or game studios in general, but for interests of our group, probably indie. So you want to check that out. It's free to register and yeah, it's just a, a webinar. They call it a May mixer, but it's also like a talk and there'll be some constructive pointers. So definitely check that out. Do you have one you want to plug, Steve? There is the Toronto Unity Developers Digital Meetup, which is on oh, Thursday, true. May 21st. Um, and of course, even though it's the Toronto Unity people, it's going to be digital, so you can just join, whatever. So if you're listening to this a little bit later, it might be a little bit too late, but you can check. It's through the Hand Eye Society, so you can follow them on Twitter. But um, my understanding is that they just like they have like speakers that just kind of talk about their time like working with Unity. I went to one like a long, long time ago, but um, it's May twenty first. It's on Zoom. It's at seven p.m. Eastern time. You can uh, probably just see more on Hand Eye Society on Twitter. So at Hand Eye Society. And if you're still working with Unity, why they have Unreal Engine five now? You, you got to jump ship. You can. Yeah, do did you watch that thing? Ten trillion triangles or whatever, and, yeah. and Tomb Raider looking flying ladies. It's pretty hype. I don't yep. know if you saw that meme, but it's like, you know the one where it's like, uh, 
the guy gets the medal put around his neck and then he like shakes the champagne bottle and sprays it and then he like makes out with the metal lady and then it zooms out and he's like on the third place podium and under his name says graphics (laughs) and then the second place is story and first place is gameplay and they're just looking at him (laughs) i like that meme a lot i love that meme so much (laughs) it was the best Uh, the best use i saw that meme was the the toronto blue jays like 2015 2016 playoffs because we were so happy that we just made the playoffs but they're happy to just be involved. Exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> check out those events. And uh, always remember, gameplay is king. The prettiest game in the world can be the most boring. I'm sure you have a lot, long, long list of that. Yeah, and if there's other events that we aren't saying, you can always check out our Discord. We're always retweeting different events and stuff on our Twitter at Candid Game Devs. Um, so check them out there. But everything's digital now so you should probably just start shopping around just see what you can just like sneak into free, <laughs> just, free resources yeah exactly what else are you doing you can't go outside please yeah. don't go outside don't go outside or wear right, a mask i got some yeah six feet wear a mask um i'm gonna plug some jobs for you we have a lot of jobs on the site we do have the, a lot of jobs the games industry's doing a-okay which is you know what what we're what we're happy to see first up Annex Consulting is looking for a senior rendering programmer that's uh, out in British Columbia. So if you are a senior rendering programmer, I don't think I even know what that is. This kind of makes me feel unqualified to do this. But um, yeah, I'm sure if you recognize what that is and are interested in making money to do it, that that's the key part here. So yeah. again, that's Annex Consulting, senior rendering programmer. Check that out. Metanaut is looking for a 3D generalist and A Games Studios is looking for a lead C-Sharp Unity programmer. Pixelmatic is looking for a senior Unity engineer, as well as a lighting artist on a contract basis. Stitch Media is looking for a technical artist and Unity developer. Clipwire Games is looking for a 2D mobile game UI artist. Very specific. You must be you know, good at your craft to hone into a job title that severe. As well as a lead programmer. And lastly, Canuck Play is looking for a whole whack of Unity developers. Senior Unity gameplay developer. Unity game developer, Unity technical animator, and a QA tester. QA tester is the one to get in on. That's that was my first first job. Oh really? Yeah, oh, that was an I internship w- after my first year of university at Remy Games in Kitchener, Ontario. Um, I helped them bring a couple of their mobile games to Steam, as well as one of their Vita games to VR, which was weird but fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have kind of a special, I guess, like a quick little interview with uh, Annex Consulting Group that we're going to just throw in right here. Um, mm-hmm. just they to wanted to whole... talk a bit more in detail about yeah, the position. Exactly, which confused Steven, so it was good that we... Kind of... <laughs> so we'll just throw it in here. It's like a couple minutes long, and then we'll we'll come right back. So Steven, you're going to do your magic and just edit the podcast. Hey everyone, uh, this is Steve from CanadianGameDevs.com. We're just taking a quick break from the podcast. Wanted to kind of introduce uh, Jill and Haley from Annex Consulting Group. Um, they have a post on our website right now for a senior rendering programmer, uh, specifically with console games in Vancouver, BC. So I kind of invited them on to kind of go a little bit more in depth about that. So if you are in the Vancouver area or willing to go to Vancouver uh, and you're kind of fitting this, uh, you know, rendering programmer, um, you know, it might be something to kind of check out. But I'll let them uh, kind of go a little bit more into detail. So uh, Jill, Haley, if you want to kind of jump in. Yeah. Hi, guys. Thank you for giving us a chance to join you in this podcast. I am Jill Maslonga, recruitment consultant at Annex, and my colleague with me is Haley Dawson. Hi, Haley. Hey. Uh, So Jill and I work at Annex Consulting Group. Um, Annex is in the business of providing IT recruitment for both contract and permanent positions. Um, We've been doing this for about 21 years now and cover the full IT spectrum. 
Um, so Onyx is actually unique to our competitors in that many of us come from an IT background. So we do understand IT and have helped many game developers land their next dream job. Um, so we're just joining this podcast today to tell the listeners of Canadian Game Devs that we are hiring for a senior rendering programmer for a studio here in Vancouver. Um, and they actually are open to a remote start during COVID as well. Um, so in terms of what they're looking for, um, definitely about five plus years experience as a game developer using C++ to create game engines from scratch. Um, they do also need someone who has experience with rendering and who has uh, successfully shipped AAA console games from start to finish. Um, in terms of their environment, they do work in a very flat organizational structure. Um, so if you're looking to work on big name games uh, with no hierarchy and lots of autonomy, this is definitely the role for you. Um, and please note, if you are on the market for new roles and this one might not be a fit for you, uh, please still definitely reach out as we might have other positions that would be a fit for you as well. Yeah, so another question in your mind might be, what's in it for you? So first and foremost, a client is working alongside industry leaders in gaming like Sony Interactive. They are offering highly competitive salary and benefits. They have some of the best industry veteran leaders in gaming that will mentor and guide you. They have unparalleled access to world-class studios and their prized IPs. The role will have an opportunity to travel to the principal development studio three to four times per year. And last but not the least, the work culture is awesome. They have significant work flexibility and autonomy, unlike big gaming corporations. And just to emphasize, like what Hale said, this role is in Vancouver, BC. And to all the game developers who feel unsure about relocation during this time, I'll tell you why you should seriously consider moving amidst the COVID-19 situation and cost of living. So here in BC, we're doing better in terms of flattening the curve than big provinces across Canada. And the businesses like restaurants and retail will reopen pretty soon so you can feel you know safe and secure. This role can be remote to start like what Haley said. And aside from that, we all know that Vancouver is stunning because of the mountain, the ocean, the beaches, and the healthy lifestyle being close to the nature. And Vancouver is consistently named as one of the top five worldwide cities for livability and quality of life. And the first city to rank in the top 10 of the world's most livable city for five years now. And personally, I moved here a year ago from another province and I'm loving it here. Yeah, so if you guys are interested in applying, please do send us your resume. Uh, my email is hdawson at annexgroup.com. That's h-d-a-w-s-o-n at a-n-n-e-x-g-r-o-u-p.com. Or you can follow us on LinkedIn at Annex Consulting Group or on Twitter at Annex Group. Um, and the job posting is also posted on the Canadian Game Devs website in the Game Dev Job section. So feel free to check it out there too. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Thank you. And welcome back. Um, that was all the game job postings. Again, you can find those on the site, kangamedevs.com slash jobs. We will be tweeting them out, of course, and linking to the sites where you can apply for them. So yeah, if you want to get hired, you want to get paid, make games. It's uh, it's not all it's cracked out to be, but I think you can have a good time with it. <sighs> I'm going with the mellow mood this week, Steve. You know, it's, I got my cider. Shout out to Chainyard here in Halifax. They, they oh. make some good ciders. This one's called, let's see. Intrepid, 100% um, Nova Scotia apples. Hmm. That's nice. It's it's good. It's got. I don't know how to describe it. I, I have a friend who's really into like craft beers and and he drinks ciders and stuff. And he always has like all these colorful. Like it feels like him. Li- me listening to him talk about craft beers is like when I talk about game indie games to him. Kind of. That's yeah. that's like how I imagine it is. 
That's fair. I have a couple of friends who are really, really into craft beers, and I, I don't drink alcohol like at all, mm-hmm. um, except for the occasional like Summer's Bee, which is my like go-to. Alcohol. Oh man, that's the worst one. <laughs> that's what people tell me, but it's the one that tastes the least amount like beer to me. It is sugar. It is just yeah, sugar. And yeah, exactly. Sugar. I can only have like one because then afterwards my teeth just feel like they're going to fall off. Yeah, not great. But yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you got. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to the news. I got again. We had, we had a a great week covering the Canadian game dev scene. Um, let's start with probably the biggest news of the week, but the most predictable. Ubisoft has announced a E3 style live stream press conference called Ubisoft Forward. Uh, it's going to be happening July twelfth at three p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Atlantic. I'll be tuning in. And uh, yeah, they did nothing but this kind of like teaser square video of like uh it looks like a a valley and then like the sun you know when like the they put like fast forward on the sun and it like goes over you know what oh, I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's that's all we have so far i'm guessing they'll be talking more as far as canadian developed games assassin's creed valhalla obviously mm-hmm. roller champions ubisoft winnipeg and montreal watchdogs legion ubisoft toronto beyond good and evil 2 <laughs> skull and bones Beyond Good and Evil uh, Two is not a real game, by the way. Just... It's never coming out. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be the what was um, the PlayStation one that like there were two. There was Until Dawn was delayed forever. Like when they showed Until Dawn, it had like move controllers in the demo. And well, there was uh, agents from Rockstar. Oh yeah, guys. Rockstar. Yeah, it, it's gonna, be, it's gonna enter that level of never coming out. Um, well, I think and, it's like the new Duke Nukem Forever, or whatever the hell that game was supposed to be. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Skull and Bones um... still coming out? Yeah, and it's developed in part by. I, I looked all these up before I threw them in, but let me oh, double okay. check. I think it's Montreal. Wikipedia says Singapore, but I but like Ubisoft does like you know work with other um, like they they have the cross uh, work out and work and stuff. Oh, you know what? I might have uh, read it wrong because in the Wikipedia it's like. Um, inspired by the naval battles of Ubisoft Montreal's Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, but I think it is straight up a Ubisoft Singapore game. So I might have got that wrong, actually. So Yeah, it says additional that. work by Ubisoft Chen, Chengdu. I don't know where that is. Oh, it's French. Uh, yeah, I don't Me know neither. Blue Bite, Ubisoft Philippines, and Ubisoft Sofia, which is the... Oh. Um, uh, the Sofia is the Bulgaria one, apparently, so... So ignore that one, but yeah. one of the fuck skull and bones. <laughs> fuck skull and bones. One of the ones that is also Canadian, and I haven't heard anything about it since last E3 is Gods and Monsters. Oh yeah, and that was probably right. That's I'm I'm assuming everyone who tunes in who hasn't been paying attention will be like, oh yeah, that game. And I have a couple of friends who work at Ubisoft, and I think it has a bit of a, a bit of a, it's it's got like this angsty period where. It's not really sure, quite, quite sure what it is yet. Mm-hmm. So I think they're they're working out some kinks. Um, it was the most interesting thing they showed at E3 last year. But I'm not someone who was really hyped about you know Watch Dogs or the next season of Rainbow Six Siege or anything. So I was like, oh, something new, not part of a franchise yet from Ubisoft. That's interesting to me, you know. So is that, I was going to ask what your like most anticipated kind of Ubisoft game out of this. I want I want to know what this game is. Um, I'm curious. I'm scared it's going to turn into like a live service open world thing. 
with like a 10 year roadmap or something, but it could just be a straight up single player third person action adventure game with a cool, they went for like the, the gods aesthetic, you know, I think it's like Greek pantheon. Yeah. So I think that could be interesting. It has a very different art style too. It didn't go for that, that sort of, you know how like watchdogs and ghost recon and Assassin's Creed and far cry all kind of look the same in terms yeah. of the character models and stuff. This one's this had a very colorful and cartoony. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I was vibing with too. Yeah, I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the website because I completely forgot about this game and looking at this Medusa character and it, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, um, I was going to say Watch Dogs Legion probably, but now looking at the Gods and Monsters, it's, I'm I'm right there with you. I think this is actually um, probably my most anticipated Ubisoft game, anyways, and what I would want. I to want see it more. to be good, so yeah. I'm excited to hopefully I'm excited to get excited. You know what I mean? You feel yeah. me? I hear you. It's coming to you Switch stuff forward. Me, so we'll be we'll be talking about it. We'll we'll post any. Well, obviously, I'll have like two tabs mm-hmm. open, just writing stuff up as they announce it. So yeah, stay tuned. Uh, that'll be July. It, they're all spread out. I actually have a sticky note going on my desktop um, for all the different like pseudo E3 events. Um, there's the Summer Games Fest showcase. I'm just gonna like go through these in case people are curious because I was kind of curious about these, which is running from May to like July or August, which is weird. And that's like Geoff Keighley at Oh um, yeah. Yeah, so he's doing, like, or his team and him are doing sort of, like, semi-frequent just live stream one-off announcements like they did Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remaster and then the Unreal Engine 5 demo. So that's, like, ongoing. There's a Gorilla Collective Live, which is a, a huge focus on, it's a lot of E3, or, sorry, a lot of European indie studios. And so that's happening June 6th at 1 p.m. Um, and it's being hosted by Greg Miller. I love Greg, and I love seeing his face, but, yeah, so that'll, that'll be fun. Um, the PC gaming show is coming back. That one's always so weird. <laughs> and I, cause that one actually has probably the most indies per minute of any E3 yeah. event, which I really like. That's where we saw Ooblets. Um, that's where we saw the last night. There's a lot, a lot of fun stuff there. Um, EA play live coming back. Probably my least interesting of all of them. It's usually like three games and they talk about each one for like 25 minutes. Yeah. It's always just like, look what we're doing to FIFA. <laughs> It's just like, like great. <laughs> it's like we don't care. We know, like everyone knows that you just replay, like you just release the same game over and over. Like you got the cash cow. You don't need to tell us like how the animations are like two percent better. Mm-hmm. And I just love how they always like shit on the like the every sports game does this, but they always just like poo poo on the previous like year. It's mm-hmm. like good. We didn't have this before. Now we're doing this because NHL twenty twenty in retrospect sucks. Yeah, I don't know why you idiots <laughs> bought it. You should have been waiting for this one. <laughs> Um, Inside Xbox is happening once a month until the Xbox Series X comes out. And the first one was very horror-focused, which was weird. We watched it and kind of talked about it in Discord. And mm-hmm. it also revealed, like, the startup animation for every Xbox game and then the console itself, which is, you know, whatever. People like like those kind of things. Um, and then Ubisoft Forward is the latest announced one, July. So these are all happening over the next month. I'll be tearing them apart for any Canadian content, so stay stay tuned for that. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure PlayStation will do their own. I'm sure Nintendo will do their own as well. So, who knows? Honestly, Nintendo might just skip it if they don't have anything to talk about. They won't talk about. It. They don't force it. Like, well, they just like, well, they just announced like Mario Paper Mario. Paper Mario, just exactly. Out of nowhere. I'm sure that, that's probably like the only thing they wanted to announce. They're like, should we do a direct for this? And they're like, no, just play a trailer. People get hype, and they I, did. So, well, I feel like Nintendo's got to do something a little bit hype this year because because they have they are going up against two console releases. So there's the oh, rumor Nintendo of the Mario. Nintendo doesn't care. You don't think so? I don't like Nintendo's in its own category. Like Xbox and PlayStation are competing for that like 
you know, nine to five job kind of person who plays like COD, FIFA or whatever. And that's the one console they buy every 10 years. And Nintendo's doing, doing just their own thing. They're out to lunch, but in a good way. I don't know. They and, might think that, but like the news people, like, you know, there's always, there's news and media and all that stuff's going to just say like, you know, during the, during the holiday season, Nintendo came in last. That's what they don't really want to have, right? Mm. Like, You know how I know they're not competing? Because I guarantee you, in every single Nintendo Direct ever, as well as every future one they'll ever do, they will never say the terms ray tracing, 4K, <laughs> no load times, or any such gamer quote-unquote jargon that PlayStation Xbox think people want to hear. And that's how you know they're operating in a different ballpark. Or achievements. Or achievements, exactly. They don't or care. Functional robot, online. You know why Smash online. Ultimate... Smash Ultimate's not at Evo this year because they looked at the net code for um, Smash Ultimate and they decided it was too too bad to have a competent tournament on, so they they did they took it out because Evo's all remote this year. Did they really? They did, yeah. But oh this God. like brony fighting game of like the kind of My Little Pony things got in. So you know when it, when an indie brony game fighting game makes it in over Super Smash Bros Ultimate, that's how shit your net code is. How did the how did the community? react to that like i don't follow the fighting community at all i don't follow it too much like i follow a couple of the players or whatever and they're like yeah makes sense they also all hate nintendo's online so the feeling was pretty unanimous yeah sure anyway that's it for all that future press conferences and stuff we're not we're not bothered about that right now what i am bothered about steve is some upcoming canadian games slash currently released games like wasteland raiders which is coming to steam this year creative storm entertainment based in calgary Alberta, have announced their single-player strategy game will be coming to Steam Q4 2020. Hire, manage, and equip, and sometimes eat your raiders, combat local mercenaries, and build out your hideout. Uh, These are the developers of the 2016 hit Age of Gladiators, um, currently sitting at 566, mostly positive Steam reviews. Not a hard thing to do. I mean, sorry, I meant the opposite. A hard thing to achieve <laughs> is mostly positive. Wow, that sounded super mean, but I, I, I just did like the dyslexic thing in my head. That's that's not n- nothing to scoff at. I think that, ooh, five hundred sixty-six positive reviews. Look at you. <laughs> that's more people who reviewed a game than like probably all the games I've ever worked on, and they're all positive. So you know, I, I just consider that impressive. No, for sure. So, yeah. that's that's yeah, that's why I wrote because I, I like when I wrote that piece. I was just like, I don't know this this guy, this, these games at all. So. I was just mm-hmm. looking at like the past catalog and stuff. I'm like, oh, I think the, I think he has like a audience that kind of is clamoring for another kind of strategy game. So, and this um, looks good. Yeah, looks pretty dope. Q4 2020. Next game I want to highlight for you: Winding Worlds is out now on Apple Arcade. This is developed by Montreal-based studio Co-op, and they consider it a follow-up to their 2017 hit game Nog. Um, have you played Nog, Steve? No, I never did play it. Oh, Nog's dope. It's really good in VR. It's probably one of the best psvr games i would say available for purchase really and this is a a follow-up where they call it a quote finger wiggling puzzle adventure about a girl a worm and goodbyes uh they say that they are exploring simple and intuitive gameplay by turning the surface of your touch device into a direct link with the world's characters and timelines of the game if that premise intrigues you at all and you have an ios device and the five dollars a month or whatever for apple arcade I'd recommend checking out Winding Worlds out now. I, yeah, I, I downloaded I played it for like five minutes and then just sort of shut it off. Like, it, it didn't immediately grab me. I still mm-hmm. have it. Like, I'll, I'll play it. The thing, the, the like, I guess the good thing with Apple Arcade is like, I canceled my subscription, 
Mm-hmm. So I'll just play the games that I want to play on it, and then like just resub again. Like I have no reason to keep subbing mm-hmm. for these games because I downloaded mostly to, or sorry, I resubbed <clears throat> to play. Um, um, like a, a world a full, a full apart, and mm-hmm. I was I wanted to give Grindstone another shot. I did I couldn't get into it. I'm sorry. Um, oh, it's okay. I but understand. Then, but then you messaged me about this one, so I downloaded. I'm, I want to play more, but you know, a couple minutes in, it didn't immediately grab me. Although the art style is really cool and stuff like that, it does look pretty. Definitely, it was a cool aesthetic. It's just I didn't really, I don't know. You know, phone games like you play for two minutes here and you play for five minutes here, blah blah. blah so they're di- they're disposable. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's they're kind of designed to be that way. Next thing i want to talk about say not disposable creature in the well getting a physical uh copy release from i am 8 bit uh flight school studio based in montreal is going to produce 2000 copies each for playstation 4 and nintendo switch these copies will come with an exclusive cover sheet and interior art pack in bonus of five double-sided art cards um randomly assigned for 15 total mm, i don't know i don't feel about that because then you're, you're making people want to buy like three or four copies trying to get them i don't know it's fine it's psychology a full <laughs> 72 page art book and uh region free worldwide shipping so check that out if you liked creature in the well or you're looking at it, you're like hey i like that but i like having all my games physically so i can lend them to friends i understand your sentiment check it out 2,000 copies each and i am a bit great company to work with i've had Great customer service experiences with them, so I will vouch for their their goodness. Did you uh, did you play Creature in the Well? I did. It was on uh, Xbox Game Pass. Ooh. I got about four. There's like a bunch of little worlds. The thing that didn't get me with it is, I think a lot of the and I don't fault them for this because you know making games that you know have that long playtime is something players want and something you feel like you have to deliver on. But it, it did get very repetitive, and I could start to recognize rooms that were the same as previous rooms I'd played, but with different color palette on it. Hmm. And so it started to get stale for me. And then I looked up how many... And I was like a third of the way through through the game, and I was like, I don't want to do this for this long. So I kind of bounced. Um, <clears throat> but it's a very interesting premise of like a top-down, pinball-inspired hack-and-slash game where like there's little pellets over the screen, and you kind of like hit them with your stick and that concentrates them in front of you and then you can unleash them to kind of like bounce along all the paddles along the wall and hit enemies and stuff. And so it was it was a really cool, it was a cool game gimmick and I would have stuck with it, I think, if I thought I could beat it in less amount of time and didn't feel as copy and pasted to me. But don't right. let that sell it short. If you have Game Pass, check it out and maybe buy a physical copy. Who knows? Lastly today, Steve, this one's for you. A fold apart. It's coming to PS4 and Xbox One next yeah. week. This week. This week. The week you're listening to this, if you listen to it, the week it comes out. Lightning Rod Games, the Toronto-based indie development studio, is bringing their heartfelt, people-folding puzzle game, A Fold Apart, to PS4 and Xbox One on May 19th. Very stoked about this one. I reached out to like the same press people um, who gave us hooked us up with the PC copy. We're going to see if we can get it for PS4 so that maybe Steve could stream it um, on the Twitch channel. That would be pretty hype. Yep. And it's, of course, also available on Apple Arcade, Switch, and Steam if you prefer any of those platforms. Steve okay. likes this game a lot. Yeah, one of my, one of my favorite games this year. A contender, it? you would say, <laughs> for Steve's Game of the Year 2020. I would, in the fir- in the almost the first half, it's definitely uh, for Canadian games. I think it's I think I'm trying to think of another Canadian game that I enjoyed as much. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorite games of, of this year, um, and it's pretty short. So I'm just going to tell you right now that it will most likely have a very easy platinum slash a thousand achievement points. So 
What if it doesn't have a platinum? What if it have, just has like those ten bronze trophies or whatever? You know, I'm fine with that. I so I've I've evolved. <laughs> evolved. I don't know. I've I've kind of come to terms a little bit with trophies. Mm. I no longer want to care about completion percentages mm. because I I realize I'll never get happy. You know. I'm at 45%-ish. I'm trying to get to 46. Then at 46, I want to get to 47. Then 47, I got to get to 48, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's almost like the trophies are designed to make you play <laughs> games past when you would normally play them. Exactly. Um, so I'm Weird. trying to get over the number of platinum. I, I still want to collect trophies and still have fun with them mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, but I'm not so bothered now by games that have crappy lists. I'm trying to get over that. We're growing, Steve, and that's all I can ask for. Exactly. You know, I'm it's thirty. I'm thirty-four years old almost. Time to time mm-hmm. to grow up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel you. I'm I'm how old am I? I always mess this up. You're like twenty-one. No, I'm 18? like twenty-three. Yeah, I think. Oh, it was, yeah. it was just a birthday, wasn't it? Was October. It? Oh, okay, never mind. Not close. Anywho, that's oh, right. Because your birthday, week. a game comes out on your birthday. Or something. Yeah. No, Alien Isolation came out on my birthday. Oh, and Spider-Verse 2 comes out on my birthday in 2022. <laughs> oh, I, so, I thought we were saying that there was a game that comes out on your birthday this year. No, there was one on October 5th, but I forget which one it was. Oh, um, October, it, that was Sophie, that, yeah, right, Sophia's birthday. Yeah, yeah, and then mine's a couple days later and yours is a couple days earlier. Yeah. Good week, good week. Good times. Let's talk about some wishlist this games. Steve, if you don't know and you're listening to this, you're like, what are they talking about? I'm going to tell you. We are creating this segment every week of upcoming Canadian games. I'm inspired. Uh, when I first started, there was Brett, rest in peace, and Steve, who would constantly wishlist games while we were talking about them. So I was like, fuck it, let's just make a segment where I highlight some, and you got to add it to your wishlist. And we play a little jingle that, that our man Sebastian hooked us up with. Thank you, Sebastian. This week, I have a very Quebec-focused list, but, you know, that's where a lot of the game devs in Canada are. I'm sorry, you can't hate on Quebec. Although I do love doing the accent, but I won't. First game <laughs> this week... <laughs> Lemnis Gate by Rat Loop Canada in Montreal. You can wishlist this on Steam. <laughs> you just said you wouldn't do the accent. No, that was that's how you say Montreal, you know, because that's the thing. If the accent is, uh, we, we, we are Rat Loop Canada making Lemnis Gate. Uh, we drink wine at work and slice cheese on our MacBooks. That, that's the accent, but we don't do that. Um, Lemnis Gate <clears throat> presents a revolutionary new way to play a first-person shooter with its unique time travel gameplay mechanics spanned over multiple rounds players take turns altering the future in this strategic turn-based mind-bending experience i'm very interested in this game steve that that premise i really turn, like turn-based eh? yeah and so it's kind of got that that like do an action and then see it play out and then you can mm. like affect the time that way it's a planned release date coming soon exclamation point so nothing yet but steve are you looking at the steam page because you I know am. what's in this description gifts Gifts, gifts are in the description. You know what's not um, in the thing though? There's no video. There's no trailer or video or whatever. Oh, I'm I'm sure that's that's probably they're, they're waiting for like a a nicer build to start capturing. And there's a ways away. They don't even have a date yet. So yeah, I'll, I'll forgive the trailer, but um, they got gifts and gifts immediately tell me more about your information about your game than you could ever put into text. I probably don't read. So on that note, check out this game. The game takes place within a 25-second repeating time loop. Players take turns to add new characters into the loop. Each hero is forever stuck replaying their actions over and over. I like that gimmick a lot. I like how that that, that, that sounds super interesting. It's it's much more intriguing than like any other FPS I've heard about in recent memory. Yeah. 
I'm I'm reading the very last little thing on the Steam page here. Is Lemnus Gate is a turn-based uh, first-person shooter where each character on your team is controlled by you. Experience deep tactical team play like never before. No need for AI for, or other players. You can cooperate with yourself. We call this auto co-op. I like that. I like that a lot. That's like that's some super time force uh, ultra business going on. I was on just there. thinking that. Yeah. Oh man. It's got a bunch of it won it was the finalist in the Ubisoft indie series last year. It was a, some official selections, Indiecade, E3 2019, uh, GDC 2019. So, people are recognizing it. The people and I, I I take the GDC one more on. The people who spend all their time thinking about games liked this game and that tells me good things. Lemnus Gate, Rat Loop Canada, Montreal, Quebec. Check it out. Next today, Deceive Inc from Sweet Bandit Studios, also in Quebec. I think Quebec City. You can wishlist it on Steam. <clears throat> Go undercover as the world's greatest spies in this tense multiplayer game of subterfuge. Disguise as anyone, deploy an arsenal of high-tech gadgets, or neutralize the competition. As long as you extract the objective, no trick is too dirty when you work for Deceive Inc. So, Steve, do you have any familiarity with Team Fortress 2? Uh, I played it when it came out and did not like it. And have not played it since. Fair, fair. My favorite <laughs> character in Team Fortress 2 is the spy. Um, I've had the most fun in that game, and probably a lot of first-person shooters I've ever played, with the spy. This, to me, feels like a game where everyone's trying to be the spy. And mm. that sounds awesome. It also rocks a very cool... I don't know if you see the art style. I, I, I'm bad at describing art styles. It's one of, one of my greatest flaws as a game critic. But it's got that, like... Um, People always say like Pixar quality, and it's it's not that. It's like it's very colorful. All the furniture looks a little too big for what it is, but like that's fine. And I don't know. I really like the style. I like the premise. Uh, planned release date again coming soon. It does have a trailer though, so if that if that helps you at all here on the Steam page. Um, and the the gifts in the description are are more just flavor. They're they're like the subheadings with like something happening behind it, which is fine. It still looks good. <laughs> the trailer makes up for that. <laughs> Yeah, and we're essentially reviewing your game's gifts and your game without having played it, so probably not a best <laughs> to give it a review. Um, and it's, it's, it, feels, it feels like it has humor in it just from looking at it, which is yeah. also something I look for in a game. I'm getting like a, like a 70s vibe from it. Too. 70s, maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe it's like all the colors and stuff, but even in the trailer when they do the... What, like, are, those, what are those pants called? Like the one woman's wearing like where like the jean f- flattens out at the bottom, you know? Um, boot, boot cut? Is that boot cut? Is it? I don't know. Um, it, it's 70s jeans. You'll see it and you're like, ah, oh, yes. Like, you, know what, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Um, I don't know the answer. I don't know fashion or anything like that. Damn. What do you think of this trailer, though? I'm di- I, I dig it, actually. Um, I just want to... Oh, Steve, I forgot to do the ding for the first one. We're already falling behind. Did you add, oh, right. did you add Lemnus Gate <laughs> to your Steam wishlist? I did add it to my Steam wishlist. Okay, okay. I was Oops. trying to. I went onto their site to see as well if it's coming to PS4 or anything like that, but they didn't. Uh, There's nothing on there that says it is. So, damn. Um, but Deceive Inc. Actually, I don't know if they are. Let me let me do some fact checking before I, I just say it. Multiplayer is extremely hard on consoles, so I don't blame people who start with PC for that. That's fair. You got a beta test. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, before you, you deliver you to play, the real gamers. Yeah, you play with the the <laughs> fake gamers on the on PC. PC. Yeah. <laughs> okay they know they know their place um if you're so insecure about your place in the gaming community that you have to call your community the master race you you, you know you know what you are yeah yeah exactly 
Is it on your wish list, Steve? Deceive Inc. It is. Deceive Inc. Made it to the wish list. Hot damn. Ooh, I just saw like a thing of like someone disappearing in smoke. I love the. Yes. I love the. And there's like a trampoline thing that someone. I, yeah, the art in this is really dope, actually. This is really cool. Mm. It's giving me like the trailer's got like the Archer vibes where like the the, fr- the frame is taken apart and someone like walks through it. Yeah. And, and the, fil- <laughs> the film along the side. I great, think this great. person turns into a stool or something. Oh. <sighs> I'm so right, excited. Right around the two two fifty mark, someone kind of looks like it appears they turn into a like a what like a bar stool. Amazing, which, uh, that's like a, one of my favorite gimmicks. And oh wait, I'm seeing it. No, they, I don't see it actually. Two fifty. Two fifty. Actually, yeah, he's he's holding like a little. Oh, thing they, yeah, yeah. They just turn into a bar stool. Yeah. Ooh. Interesting. I like it. I like I'm it. Gonna, I like this game. I'm giving them good vibes. Yeah. There you go. Coming oh, soon. Picking oh. up good vibrations. <laughs> Did they mention anything about a console? Excite. Nope, they don't have a press kit for it on the site yet, unfortunately. Mm. But that's okay. Mm. The, the, the Steam page says it all. Lastly today, a much lower profile game, but one I want to highlight nonetheless. Made by a small team of three people, all based out of Quebec. Peril Lives. At Peril Lives Game on Twitter, if you want to check it out. And you can also wishlist it on Steam. Quote, <clears throat> You live, and then you die. But at least you do it in a nice house. Paralives is an upcoming life simulation indie game. Build your dream house, create some characters, and manage their lives the way you want. It's got a good style. I'm liking this aesthetic. Again, very different, but um, it's it's very it's very friendly. It's very inviting. I, I want to step into this house we're building here, Steve. It's uh, got no gifts in the Steam description, unfortunately, but that's okay. It uh, also doesn't have a trailer, but that's okay. Um, I'm making a lot of excuses for this game. I'm liking the style. It's got some nice warm lights. You make the house, put some people in it, some of them die. It's like Indie Sims, I think maybe is not the best way to pitch it, but that's how I'm going to pitch it to you right now. I went, to, uh, I'm on their press kit actually, and they have gameplay videos. So, excellent. If you go, if you go to slash press kit, you can see some, uh, some videos. Press, press dash kit, actually. <clears throat> what do you think? I'm liking it. Like you said, it's very bright, very, uh, mm-hmm. Very cool. I I want another because Sims has just been like I don't know ruined. I guess in a sense, I want like another like kind of Sims, but building the house mm. part, like building the house in Sims, was always the funnest part for me. Mm-hmm. You didn't um, care about the people in there. They're no, fill it, mortal lives. No, the only thing I would ever do is just like trap them in a swimming pool and kill them and then bounce. <clears throat> I would mm. just put in the money cheat and then just and then just build a dope house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm enjoying that. I'm liking this actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. That's cool. Check it out, uh, Paralives on Steam. Is it on your wish list though, Steve? Yes, it is. Excellent. Ah, good work. I like to think, I like to think this helps in, in a small way. In the grand scheme of things, probably not a whole lot, but I enjoy looking at other people's games. I do. Plus, too. whenever you have to make your own Steam page, now you got a lot of a great library of knowledge to draw from. That's it for Wishlist This. If you want your game talked about on the show, we'd love to talk about it. Please get in our Discord, PM us, DM us, contact at CanadianGameDevs.com. Any way you want. Get your game in front of us. We want to talk about it. This segment might be ending soon because we're kind of running out of things to talk about, but we call it Vintage Vintage Canadian Game of the Week. Vintage, of course, meaning aged well over time, like a fine wine. A vintage wine, you could say, but instead of a wine, it's a game, and we have a much smaller time frame for that of, like, three years because anything three years or previous and video games is ancient history this week steve what's your pick um 
this week, I gotta, I already forgot what I wrote down, and I gotta, I gotta look it up this week. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, which is classic, a great game to play right now if you are quarantined with someone, with um, one to four other players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I never played it with just myself. I feel like it's not the same. I feel like you should play it with at least one other person. I played it with my wife back in the day. Mm. Um, but basically, you got a little spaceship um, and bunnies, and part of the spaceship. Had, like there's like the gun like there's kind of four things at the top mm-hmm. the left right and the bottom and so it might be a gun it might be like a jet or whatever and so you can only the control one at t- yeah exactly so you can only control one at a time so someone's usually controlling like where the ship goes mm-hmm. and then you have people um you know at each sort of part of the ship to kind of shoot enemies or block uh projectiles and stuff like that and you you go through space uh, trying to rescue bunnies and then just like make it to the next world. So it's very cute, very colorful, very, um, very fun, very hard as well. Like especially to like hundred mm. percent some of the stuff and some of the bosses like really like kind of took us back. I remember uh, it came out on Xbox and Steam way back in twenty fifteen. It was uh, then ported to PS four in twenty sixteen around Valentine's Day and it's on Switch now. So it's on most of the things. I think it was also like an Xbox Game for Gold uh, game or whatever it's called. It might even um, be on Game Pass too. I don't know though. Yeah, maybe. Um, I did see, by the way, the the creature in the wild is on Game Pass still on PC, so I want to excellent. Yeah, you um, should. But yeah, Lovers in Dangerous Space Time is mine. It's from Asteroid Base. I was trying to look at what they're doing since then, but it looks like one of the guys is is uh, working on Rogue Legacy two, and mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if they're making like another. And then like two other people don't seem to be. I didn't really take that big of a dive, but don't seem to be making games. Um, so who knows what they're going. Doing the feature, if anything, but I recommend I recommend checking it out. Let me just it might have just been a one off. Might have been. Sometimes they do that. They f- they form a team for a, a mission, and it's, everyone goes their separate ways at the end. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the one guy's working on Rogue Legacy too, so uh, it is sixteen ninety nine on Steam. Though this game, I'm sure, has been part of numerous humble bundles and PS like maybe even PS Plus, PS Plus, Xbox Game with Gold. It'll probably go free on Epic someday. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So oh man, I'm sure you. I'm sure you probably have it without even knowing it. And uh, yeah, Lovers in Dangerous Space Time actually it was a free game April fourth, twenty seventeen. On Plus or Gold? On uh, PlayStation Plus. There you go. I probably have it then. I should check it out. You should. It's good. You and um, I'm blanking on reference. Yeah, Tori. That's okay. I knew it was a T. It was T. I knew that. My uh, my dad calls her Terry sometimes. Oh, that's, but, not, uh, that's not great. No, no, it's funny. <laughs> we think it's funny. And he also listens to his podcast, so hi, Dad. Love you. Hi, Dad. Uh, my pick this week is Contrast, developed by Compulsion Games in, oh, shit, is it Quebec City or Montreal? They're just uh, like an hour apart, but yeah, hold on. And they get mad. You don't want to upset they them. They do. They do. It's like when you say, I don't know, what's one of the Toronto suburbs that isn't part of Toronto? Uh, uh, Vaughn? I don't know. Um, yeah. Montreal. It's Montreal. Anyway, it's by Compulsion Games in Montreal. It was a launch PlayStation Plus game for the PlayStation 4, which is where I picked it up. You probably know Compulsion Games from We Happy Few, which was their you know the higher profile Kickstarter massive success that got them bought by Xbox. But Contrast is worth your time for several reasons, I think. Firstly, it's got a really, really cool gimmick I haven't really seen in another game. It probably exists. But um, your character can move from like a 3D first-person space. Is it first-person? No. No, it's third person. It's a third person game. Yeah, to a shadow on the wall, and then you're like 2D platforming off yeah. of the shadows and whatever lights cast in the environment around you. 
really great. It's also got a great story I really liked and kind of resonated with me, although reading the Wikipedia review section in Metacritic's didn't resonate with a lot of other people, but that's okay. People can be wrong. And <laughs> lastly, I think it's a really great demonstration of quality over quantity. And the game takes like an hour or two. It's got a gimmick. It gets in, gets out, and doesn't overstay its welcome. And that's something I really respect in games. And I find myself more and more gravitating towards, in recent years, games like you know Donut County, Ape Out, kind of games that just have a cool gimmick, do the gimmick well for a couple levels, an hour or two, Tell a cool story, have a cool art style, get out. And this game does that. And it was one of the one of the earlier games I played that did that. This game released November fifteenth, twenty thirteen, same day as the PlayStation Four. Yeah. And for that, I, I truly respect it. But of course, it's come to PS Four or Windows, Xbox One, PS Three, and Three Sixty. So if you have any of those, check it out. That's it for Vintage King Game of the Week. We're, we're scraping the barrel of our, our brains here, trying to come up with organically games that you know we think deserve a second chance. Canadian games that maybe you've forgotten about or haven't heard of and want to check out. So we'll see how many more weeks we, we do this segment, but I have also enjoyed it. I have too. It's, uh, I mean, it was meant to be kind of just a quarantine special, I guess, but mm-hmm. who knows how long quarantine is. So <laughs> Hopefully long enough to flatten the curve and all that jazz. Yeah, got to flatten the curve. Yeah. Hot take for this week, Steve. I'm going to hit you with this, this Ubisoft article we were talking about briefly. So Ubisoft mm. has sued... Apple and Google for selling a quote-unquote near-carbon copy of Rainbow Six Siege. They filed the lawsuit in L.A. Um, Ubisoft notified Apple and Google that the mobile game Area F2 is infringing upon the copyright of its 10-pole shooter franchise, Rainbow Six Siege. According to Bloomberg, Ubisoft insists the similarities are so great that they cannot, quote, seriously be disputed and, quote, Ubisoft's competitors are constantly looking for ways to piggyback on Rainbow Six Siege's popularity and capture the attention and money of our six players. Uh, Area F2, which went on sale in April, describes itself on its storefront as, quote, the first close quarters battle shooting game on mobile. I went to their website. They even use a lot of the same language as Rainbow Six Siege, calling the uh, the different people you can pick, agents or whatever, the pictures of them are look similar to the rainbow six no rainbow six is operatives yeah um but you know, those are synonyms but they even kind of like they have the riot shield and they have like the, the you know the signature thing gimmick in in siege i think about all the time is like that little rolly thing that like rolls into rooms and blows up oh yeah, yeah. like the first thing in this trailer is that thing um and i find it interesting that they went to sue Apple and Google for selling the game and not the studio for making it cuz i've seen similar lawsuits where um, what was it Bethesda sued the oh, Westworld mobile game, and they said they copied their um, code uh, for Fallout Shelter. And yeah. the reason they were able to prove it and win the lawsuit is because the Westworld mobile game had the same bugs as Fallout Shelter, which I find very funny. <laughs> I forgot um, about that. So good, like, haha, that's a copy. Look, it bugs out the same way our game does. It's just so funny to me especially from Bethesda. But uh, yeah, I find that interesting. And I wonder, what do you think about this whole... Because copy, games copying each other has been a huge thing forever. Like 3s, 2048, that armor games, and then Angry Birds. It just happens, you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially on the mobile scene, because there's just so many releases and stuff like that. I I didn't. I only saw like the thing. I didn't really like take a look at it. Like, Do you think there's like an argument in terms of... Because like, Rainbow Six Siege is just a 4 versus 4 
you know, modern, realistic shooter. Like, it's not... Like, Call of Duty... You could you could swap out Call of Duty Modern Warfare for it, and you know most my mom wouldn't know the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, they look the same. And I think if 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 Ubisoft can sue whatever this game is, then I think the the, the copycat lawsuit library opens up to like PUBG and the the Arma mod it ripped off or whatever. And um, you know you can you can do a whole bunch of games that look and feel like other games. So, like, is Warzone a ripoff of PUBG or Fortnite? Of course it is. But, you know, who cares? Because they're going to compete with each other. Yeah. So, yeah. It, describing itself as close quarters shooting game, Siege does that. But so what? You can't patent a game genre. Yeah, and that's what I think um, PUBG did try to sue Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. Originally for the Battle Royale thing. So maybe and that's why they're going for the storefront instead of the studio, you know? I guess, or maybe they're just going where the money is. Um, you know, it's a whole, like, I understand, like, you want to, because it's just like, Ubisoft is probably looking at this being like, are people not going to play Rainbow Six Siege because they could just get a very similar experience for free? I'm guessing it's a free to play mobile game or very cheap. And so they're just trying to protect their, you know, their brand or whatever. But it seems like a little, a little much. Like, just because, I would, I have to look at it, but like, Rainbow Six Siege is just like any other modern shooter. Like, there's nothing about it that um, it's any different. And you always see this shit too with like like these monster games that are basically just like Pokemon and just mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's all on the mobile front. Um, I don't know if they'll. I don't know. I, I guess we'll have to see. But I want to like maybe I should just download the game. What's the game called? It's called Area F2. It's free on App Store, Android, and Google Play. And it's got, let's see the reviews. On the App Store, it has 3.9 out of 5 with 2,500 reviews. Uh, Tejro here says, I love it. Needs some improvements. <laughs> <laughs> Review. Copy of Rainbow Six Siege still makes it better than you can play on mobile now. <laughs> so, you know, the people are recognizing the similarities. But, again, I, I don't see them winning this, you know. So, and I don't, I don't know if they should. That would set a precedent of, like, the big AAA studio can just own a genre, and I don't like that either. Yeah, I. It, yeah, I don't know. It's it seems a little, I guess, like bully. You know, like can you imagine if PUBG won suing Fortnite, and they're like, "Ah, you can't make a battle royale." And you're like, "No, that defeats the whole point point of this." Yeah. No. Well, I mean, yeah, that one. Are they suing the genre? Are they just suing like because if they market the game very similarly to because you can sue for that like if they're trying to sell copies of this game by basically just copying Rainbow Six's marketing stuff, I think in copy- if they if they called it like Tom Clank's Rainbow Six <laughs> Thieves or something, then like I mean yeah yeah sue them that you, don't don't do that you're pur- purposely trying to make people think it's something else they should have just but, made us um, a three versus three shooter or something like that just be like look how different it is <laughs> oh man blue hole dropped their lawsuit of Fortnite in june 28 june 28 uh 2018 um they said it was similar features all built on the same unreal 4 engine um and they had quote growing concerns about the similarities between the two games and it, just, it seemed pointless to me, and obviously the court agreed. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm the, gonna play it right now. Actually, the copy and code thing for like um, 
the Beth- the Fallout Shelter and the Westworld game. Like, yeah, don't don't copy someone's code. The, that's different. Day, yeah. day one of school, you know. Yeah. Oh man, that was so funny. Anywho, that's a, that's a, that's my hot take for the week, and I'll, I'll try to come up with one next week. I, I I like this idea of like doing like a, a story we can kind of talk about a little bit. I think that's interesting. I'm down. And Canadian Edge here, Rainbow Six Siege, of course, Canadian game. And uh, we're gonna the PS5 and Xbox Series X or whatever. With a Canadian division in their new esports league. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can cheer for a Canadian Rainbow. You can cheer for one of six Canadian Rainbow Six Siege teams. Yeah. yeah. If you want, I don't know. Yeah. They had that Toronto Overwatch team. I don't even remember. Oh, name. Defiant, or whatever. Defiant. Esports team names are stupid. Like, I, I, have... I, I mean, I don't follow esports like at all. I don't like it's to each their own sort of thing. Like I don't care. But I remember. Uh... My friend came over one time, and it was during some Overwatch nerd thing, like mm. some big tournament, and he wanted to watch all, like, he wanted to watch it, basically, and I just had to, I was like, I, I don't understand it. It's not even, like, the whole, like, wouldn't you rather play? Because I watch sports, like, all the time. I just, mm-hmm. I was just like, I just don't want to watch these people play this video game. Like, I just, I just don't care. Like, it's, Overwatch is just too chaotic. Like, the game wasn't made. Oh, man like these games aren't really presented to be watched by people anytime i watch them i'm like i don't know what's going on but like they are though they like, they have the tools in them to like stream it really well and steve do they you know? like i don't know i anytime i've watched it i'm like i just don't know what's going on i've played overwatched and i like i know the game and i'm just like i don't know what's going on within within a decade um esports will be at the olympics like they're already eclipsing real sports in a lot of ways in terms of viewership and money and all that so it's an inevitability yeah i don't have a problem with that the weird thing with that though is that like these things like you know overwatch being at the olympics like really benefits bethesda it's like i mean uh blizzard blizzard sorry yeah it's like uh like like no one owns hockey yeah exactly that's what i'm trying to say like they can have you, hockey at the Olympics. You have hockey the, at the Olympics. You have NHL, swimming. And then eSport or European hockey. And then, you know, yeah, no that's, one owns hockey. That's like the weird thing to me. So everyone's just going to be like trying to get into the Olympics. Like, so what's EA going to do if like, you know, if I see EA being like the exclusive like sports person in the Olympics so that there is NHL and NBA Live, but not NBA 2K or whatever. EA turned down League of Legends, which I still think is hilarious given its success. And oh, really? really to, yeah, yeah, they pitched it to EA, and EA said no. So it's like they pitched um, their first Dark Souls to PlayStation, and they were like, no, yeah. this this won't be big. I was like, oh, you fools. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> there'll be some, there'll be, it'll probably be either Dota or League, but it'll be at the Olympics within a decade, easy. All right, this game is very similar to Rainbow Six Siege, I'm not going to lie. Like the, we'll see like, how this uh, we'll see how this lawsuit plays out. <laughs> like the animation, like you're blocking up the walls and stuff like that. It's pretty, it's pretty similar. <laughs> real recognizes real, Steve. I guess. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Um, what have we been playing this week, Steve? I'm gonna throw it to you first. Uh, this week was a little weird. I was, you know, I was talking to you about it. Like, there's a lot of games where I wanted to play a little bit, but nothing mm-hmm. that was really driving me. So I finished Sly Cooper Four, and like, I don't know if I really want to get the platinum. Um. I wanted to play Fallout 76. I wanted to play some... Double like, XP weekend. Was it this weekend? Yeah, Double XP, Fallout 76. Oh, I missed it. Um, it's on until Monday, so you can play some tonight if you want. I might do that, actually. Depending on if Sophia's still sleeping. Um, but I was just like... I just wasn't like... I, there was two games I really wanted to play. It was Doom mm-hmm. and Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII Remake. 
Doom is like weird because it's like I bought Doom 2016 in 2016 for like fifteen dollars. So I'm just like, uh, I can if I just wait, I can buy this thing for twenty dollars around Christmas time. I just know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll it takes I'm sure it takes like ten hours to beat or whatever. So I picked up Final Fantasy VII Remake. I wasn't going to originally wasn't going to like pick this up, but so many people because I was just like, eh, it's like it's only twenty percent of the original game, blah blah blah. But people were saying it's legit, and it is legit. I'm in Chapter Eight. It's a lot of fun. I like how they're changing things up. There's different characters. It's good shit. It's really really fun. Um, I other than other than just like not knowing what's going on and all the stupid random bullshit that Square Enix throws in this game, and the fact that like. Mid, you're in Midgar. For, I don't know if you played Final Fantasy VII or OG, but like this one is only like really the first five hours of the original game, mm-hmm. and I'm just like I don't know how you guys how you like expand this to like it's going to be like if they do it like this, there's going to be like six parts, so we're not going to beat this thing until like 2040, which is just so weird. Um, but it's it's really like I played it all weekend. It's really really good. Um, I think if you didn't play the original you'd be missing out on some of the stuff, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, cause like they introduce Sephiroth, but they don't like tell you anything about him. And so it's just, it's just strange, but it's gameplay wise. It's awesome. They go more in depth with like a lot of the side characters and stuff like that. It's a lot more, mm-hmm. it's not like, like the original game gets so stupid <laughs> by the end of it. It's much more contained in what you're trying to do and stuff like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad I, finally copped it i was trying to i was holding out for like a sale or something but i ended up just getting a full price so well i've had it described to me as their kingdom heartsing it do you think that's fair <clears throat> a little bit they haven't like not as like i mean i don't know the story of kingdom hearts that well gameplay wise no one does a little bit um because Kingdom Hearts was the other game where I was like oh do i start two do i play chain of memories do i watch this five hour video they have like i don't know what to do um, but I don't know. It's like, it's not as like confusing. Cause like Final Fantasy seven is like pr- political. Like you're environmental. You're an eco-terrorist. Yeah. You're an eco-terrorist. Like straight up. Like there's no topical. There's no if, ends or buts about it. Like you are taking down basically Amazon <laughs> or whatever for draining the planet's resources. Like you're blowing them up. You're like. It's it's doesn't uh, and in the original game you do that for like the first five hours and then afterwards you just kind of forget about it afterwards. Hmm. Um, whereas this game it just like really kind of just keeps building on that like that's all this game is like you're just a uh, you're basically just that who's that one girl that like Greta or what's Greta the, Thunberg yeah you're basically just her but with the bomb like it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy but it's a lot of fun and uh, you know I maybe thirty percent through thirty five percent of the way you gonna platinum it. You gotta re you gotta replay it on hard like you gotta like basically new game plus you gotta play it, like beat it all on hard difficulty which is super annoying so I don't know if I'll do that hmm. I might just like beat it get all the trophies except for that one and then bounce hmm. but we'll see I don't know it's it's grabbed my attention for seven hours or so now so far so hey that's ten dollars an hour that's good good value for people who care about that kind of stuff yeah I guess. <laughs> Steve, I, I played two Canadian games this week. Ooh. I'll start with, but then I played some other non-Canadian games. Uh, the first was Russian Subway Dogs, which yeah. I love. It's a great game. Great soundtrack featuring you know all the This Is Fine Dog and a bunch of other famous dogs. And it's really, really fun. Uh, 
and that's like a terrible way to describe a game because it doesn't really tell you anything about it. But it's like a 2D action arcade game, which is my jam, Steve. That's my jam. I am toast, and 2D action arcade games are the jam I spread all over my toasty body. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really good. It's developed uh, in Toronto. Shout out to, to Miguel. You made a good game, and the team you were with, of course. Zoe Quinn in the credits, speaking of. Um, the other Canadian game I played was AC Liberation on my Vita. It's the best aged Assassin's Creed game. And I'm going through a lot of the older ones which haven't aged very well. But because Liberation's on the Vita, it, it, you're, it's way easier to forgive bad draw distances and mm-hmm. kind of lower textures. Whereas playing Brotherhood on my big TV, which wasn't the norm when it came out, it's kind of like, ooh, you come around a corner and like everything pops in slowly. You're like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. But in Liberation, it's fine. Like It's the tiny like little six-inch screen. Who cares? And in that way, I think it's it's aged best. And I love the, the gimmick of uh, changing your... Uh, I say gimmick too much in the show. I'm realizing the like the the core thing that the liberation does differently is your character Avalyn has three different personas. You can go into the world and do things with the fancy lady, the slave, or the assassin. And yeah, if I, I like remember that. correctly, you're like you're like a housemaid for a family, right? No, Basically. you're you you are a rich girl daughter, but you want to break out from that, so you you do all this assassin stuff. Mm, okay. Yeah, but aren't yeah. you like you're adopted by them or something? Is yeah, it? yeah. 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 It's good, and uh, it's got a very attainable 100% sync in the the, uh, the like the DNA or whatever. They they don't call it chapters or whatever. They're DNA sequences. Um, so I might go through play some of those. I'm only missing a couple. I usually try to do it as close to 100% on my first playthrough. But there's three multiplayer trophies I don't understand. I didn't even know the game had multiplayer, and I don't have any of them. So I might look into that. And I th- it seems like one of those asynchronous multiplayer things where like you go in, assign all your troops, and then like leave. So mm. I don't know. I'll see what that's about. Report back. Non-Canadian games I've been playing. Uh, seasons 5 of Apex Legends dropped this week, so I've been playing on console with some friends, PC with some friends. It's really good. The new character, Loba, um, is... And I'm probably just a little bit, you know, internalized racism, but, like, I consistently mistake her for Bangalore, where, like, I'll see some black lady in the corner, I'm like, it's a Bangalore! And they're like, no, it's Loba. I'm like, oh, God damn it!" So... <laughs> That's never happened before in a game. I don't know if I've played a game with two black ladies in it on this, like a AAA game. So that probably says something. But uh, the new character is cool. They have this ability where, like, they throw down, they call it the black market. And then if you go up to it, it just pulls all the weapon, everything you could pick up within, like, a certain radius. And then you can just, for free, take two things out of the black market. So it's a pretty cool gimmick. And then her, I say gimmick too much. God damn it, Steve. Her passive <laughs> is she sees all purple and gold items Ooh. through walls which is really cool um and their backstory they're trying to build this like whole world with the game because it's actually set in the titanfall world a lot of people don't realize but she her dad was killed by the previous hero revenant and so there's kind of like the the intro cutscene sets up that but she tries to kill revenant but then she realizes revenant is just like a, a robot that's made by this company and when you kill one there's like 100 more behind them it was actually kind of a cool trailer and um who's, wait sorry who's revenant Revenant's this robot assassin who this company makes to like kill their political and corporate enemies. Okay, yeah, I'm watching the yeah. trailer. It's a, it's right a whole now. world, and I've been kind of like dipping in. I watch all the trailers whenever they come out, but I haven't like reading into the lore. And there's little Easter eggs in the world now, which is cool. Like there's, you can find like dialogue or like pre-recorded things from some of the characters. And if you play with Loba and Revenant on the same team, they like bicker and have like kind of stuff going on. It's it's kind of cool. I like how they're doing it. Have um, you spent any money on the game? No, I haven't. Uh, I'm at 
180 hours on PC and like oh, 200 God. something on Xbox. Steve, if they charged for it, I would have bought it. This is the team that made Titanfall 2, best FPS ever made. They didn't, so I won't. And they're very aware of that. And in interviews, they talk about how, yeah, most people don't pay for the game, but enough people do. We can make a business out of this. If they put something out, they were like, hey, we're doing a special um, season pass that has different. They'd never do that because it would fracture their player base. But like, they were like, season pass, we got some new maps, got some new modes we're trying. Twenty nine nine nine. Like, yeah, sure. I want to play that new content. But they wouldn't do that because that would fracture their player base. And so, you know, this is what it is. We always come back to this. Maybe someday I'll, I'll drop some money on it. But you can just earn everything by playing. And I play a lot and I enjoy playing. So, I don't know. If they wanted to make money off me, they did a bad job of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Last two I've been playing today. I'll just plug. Uh, Fallout 76 was free this weekend. So I hopped on Steam, downloaded it, bugged out the first 10 minutes. It crashed again. Um... Then I tried playing again with some friends. Uh, it also crashed uh, twice, that play session. Um, game of the I, year. Game. It's probably a PC issue, because you haven't had any of that on PS4. No, right? I, I honestly, like... But games don't crash on console, usually. Yeah, I mean, I, I like obviously I read all that stuff, and I'm not blind to the fact that like it had a really rough launch, but I truly like have had worse issues with like days gone and mm-hmm. some other like games more than fallout 76. Like I had, I had some, but not many major things going on with that game. Like <clears throat> I can't even really even think of like some of the stuff that, that happened. I remember one time I was like, probably the, the biggest one quote unquote was just like an enemy was like invincible, uh, invisible. So hmm. I could see someone was attacking me, but I couldn't see them. And I was just like talking to my friend about how the game wasn't that buggy. and then but i ended up was still able to like bats him and just kill him so i Mm. don't really even know like what it was about but i have not had that many issues other than like clipping issues and shit like that but nothing like oh that's typical fallout stuff though you haven't had any of the the (laughs) some of the bugs are spectacular i've seen different videos and the fact that it bugged out so early for me i was like okay it is that bad (laughs) But I feel like that is also a PC experience. I had a friend who played on Xbox One and didn't have that rough of a time with it. Yeah. Was it free on PS4 as well? I didn't check. I just opened Steam and it was like, Fault 76, Wastelanders update, check it out till Monday. I was like, oh, cool. And then I checked some friends and they downloaded it too. We tried it. It has potential. Like I could see interesting things happening with the camp and doing quests together. Like yeah, I could see it being a fun time. Dope. Building a camp is so cool because it's like also when I'm exploring the world, I like will mm-hmm. mark the map, the map sort of like in my head, being like this is might be where I want to move my camp because I've been moving my camp quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and just building like different things and and I don't usually get into the building part of these games like I don't really I've never really played Minecraft like I don't really build I can't think of any other games where you build shit but I never really got into that stuff but Fallout seventy six I did and it's pretty mm-hmm. simple but. I yeah, always it, loved, snap, it snaps to it, which makes it easier. Yeah, and I always loved coming across like other people's camps and stuff. And now you can like buy stuff at people's camps, so it makes it a little more like fun to reason explore. to go there. Yeah, um, and they they released a roadmap with a lot of shit. They're going to start doing a, ba- a season pass though, so we'll see how that how they. In addition to Fallout first, um, I don't know the if they, like ninety nine dollar a year <coughs> subscription for private servers, which is ridiculous. Which is so ridiculous. Um, I don't know, actually. I just saw that there's going to be uh, a season pass because there's challenges that you can get. And that's where I have most of my atoms. I have, like, a shit ton of atoms in that game just from challenges. I've never spent an that's extra That's the premium dollar. currency, right? Yeah, and I've never spent an extra dollar on that game. Like, I just have... Mm. I've probably accumulated, like, 
well over a hundred dollars with Adams, just from challenges. Mm-hmm. But apparently, what they're doing—I haven't looked that much into it—but what they're doing is they're getting rid of like the challenges, and there's going to be just like a like a season pass, like similar to like Apex and Fortnite, where mm-hmm. you can get like Adams and stuff like that, but also cosmetic shit. Um, but then you, there's also going to be like the premium tier and and all that stuff. So we'll see. You know how they do it. Like I don't know. I'm not really too crazy about that, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I that's another game where I'm I keep like being like, oh, I should just jump in and just play. But for some reason, like just playing an online game is just so difficult. Like I can't pause it. Like Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII has been on my TV for like 15 hours, but I've played like eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but double XP, I might I might do that because it looks like yeah, pop in a couple hours. Yeah. Um, lastly, the big meme this week was GTA Five on Epic, so I got in, downloaded that, and it was the very first time I tried installing mods on it, because I was like, oh, I'm playing on like a pretty okay PC, so I want to see if I can make this look amazing. So I installed like the, the top recommended mod for making it look good, I forget the name of it, whoops, it was on Kotaku, and... And I got in and like turned all the settings up to max. All the lights look really good. It has all new textures, um, contrast, a bunch of other terms I didn't understand. And yeah, it looks great. Started playing the campaign again. And then my friends were like, hey, we all got it. We want to play online. I was like, let me double check. And I was like, yeah, if you have mods in the game folder, it'll ban you your Rockstar account. And I was like, oh, so now I have to figure out how to uninstall the mods to play online with people. But that was my GTA on PC experience this week. Do you not have GTA like on PS4 and stuff? I got it on 360 at launch, and then on Xbox One when Heist came out to play with some of my friends on Xbox One. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, so those are where I m- mainly played it. But free on PC, you know, always add it to your Epic library. Oh, Someone I, yeah, ran I, the numbers this week, <laughs> and they've get, it was a Rafi Rashokan article, and they gave away, since they started doing this program, roughly 1,200 um, euros worth of games. I don't know what that translates into Canadian, but it's a lot. And I'm, yeah, I'm not complaining. There's a couple games I've just try it out because they were free and on epic and that's pretty cool 1200 euros to canadian is 1800 roughly jesus christ that's a lot of free games steve <laughs> i did uh i did come to an executive decision as well because we were talking about, that about streets of rage 4 and how i was going to get the physical edition and stuff like that yeah start and building your genesis collection exactly so i i did get the physical edition of streets of rage 4 comes out in july ps5 i mean ps4 no i got it for switch okay because I figured I'm already spending eighty dollars on a physical game that I already own, I might as well get it for a different system. Makes sense. <laughs> um, and yeah, now I'm going to start building a Genesis collection. So I've been doing some research and stuff because I want to support like a local shop. I don't want to buy it off some douchebag on eBay or whatever. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the times, there's two different versions of Genesis. There's like a like version one, version two, and I want the version two, but mm. I guess it's a little bit harder to find. So I'm just trying to find it, but. I'm starting, you know, I got I got my game list. I'm I'm starting to kind of compile this. Okay. Uh, I don't know what I want to do with it yet cuz I also got to look into like I don't want to have like some old shitty TV <laughs> just mm. to play Sega Genesis games like once in a blue moon. Yeah. So you want to get one of those like Retron things to plug into your HDMI port? Yeah, exactly. And and I don't, yeah, so I I don't know I, but I basically I'm just like looking at different places and uh i've called it i wish this fucking pandemic would be over because i want to just go buy this stuff but i don't want to i don't want because i don't want to buy it off amazon or whatever i want to buy it from like different stores mm-hmm. shout, out, shout out to retro uh what is it retro game boys i think in, in toronto yeah in toronto retro game boys i think that's it yeah retro game boys good guys that's it 
for this episode of the KanadianGameDevs.com podcast and what an episode it was. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to keep the site running and help us cover the Canadian Game Dev scene, you can support us over at patreon.com slash KanadianGameDevs like these lovely people. Aaron McLeod, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Kai Hutchins, M5 Games, Nav, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, and Slaughter Neko. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think, take your feedback, good and bad, so let us know. And if you like the episode, share it with someone you think might also like it. We like sharing. Sharing is caring. Exactly. Thanks for joining me, Steve. Uh, where can people follow you on the great World Wide Web? Uh, Stephen L. Crane on Insta and Twitter and TikTok, although I haven't posted anything on TikTok. I'm still just, like, browsing, I guess. I don't know. You're getting a lay of the land. Yeah, exactly. I, I did create a few drafts, but I, okay. I haven't posted anything. Okay. Because you, know you know the baby one where it's just like, oh, hello, baby. It's me. You're human. No, I haven't seen that one. I feel oh. like we have very different algorithms. Very possible. Because I get a lot of parent stuff and a lot of single moms as well, which is weird. I mean, I get a lot of different things that are probably targeted at early twenties guys. So yeah, that's fair. I because and and now I've been getting a lot of Apex Legends stuff because I finally started Good. doing the thing you told me about, like you know, hold down the stuff. Yeah, hold on the screen and hit not interested or just block that user, and you'll yeah. instantly start making your feed better. Yeah, and so now I've been getting like Apex stuff, but I was getting like um, I was just getting like. I don't know, just different things where I was like, I don't fucking care about this, this at all. I, I, I was getting some stuff geared towards 20-year-olds, I think, and then I started to, like, unlike a lot of the shit. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I don't like when they just post the, like, landscape video in it, because, like, that's that's not the format. You know, when they there's just the huge black space at the top and bottom because it's, like, a gameplay footage? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. That's not, what, that's not what this is for. That's what YouTube's for. Go to YouTube. I want full-screen, high-quality stuff here. Hey, do we have anything fun to announce in terms of our YouTube stuff? Or, or not? not yet. We're waiting on getting some hot new graphics from our man Wagner over in Deutschland, I think. Somewhere in Europe. Um, so uh, once we have that up, we're going to start putting the podcast up, past streams with our hot new graphics. Um, but you can stay tuned for an interview I'm going to be posting this Friday with Spoonie Bard Tuma, who produced the Jay and Silent Bob uh, Mall Brawl on Nintendo Switch and PC. It was a very, oh, very right. interesting conversation. I did ask the question you want, Steve, of how the heck did you get working on a Jay and Silent Bob game? Nice. What's it like playing a game made or making a game played by Kevin Smith? So we had some interesting conversations. Um, and then we're doing interviews bi-weekly now. So every other Friday, interview will drop in the feed. Um, and we didn't want to make these Patreon exclusive because then when we post about it, the people we interviewed can't like hear it and share it with people immediately. Um, so we felt like gating it that way wouldn't wouldn't be the best for what we're trying to do with the platform here of elevating the Canadian game devs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, and I'm I'm sure the patrons understand. And uh, I got some good feedback from my parents about the first episode, so that's that's cool. Or the first interview we've started to do with Michael Long from Foolish Mortals. Uh, did you get a chance to listen to that one, Steve? I haven't actually listened. It's on my like to do list for okay. Okay, Spotify. next week. Tell yeah. me what you think. I will. I'll, in um, fact, I'll probably listen to it tomorrow. So I'll let you know. Excellent. And you can follow me at Stephen Riley on Twitter. It's P-H-A-N-R-E-I-L-O-I. And at Canada Game Devs. And you can find us Canadian Game Devs on Facebook. So follow us there. Join our Discord. Having some lovely people in there. Having to join, talking to people, pe checking out people's projects they're plugging. It's a great time. I enjoy our Discord. It's one of the one of the highlights of my day. Going in Ooh. there, just looking around. Thanks, everyone, for I'll listening. Retweet. Just go to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, at Canada Game Devs. And have a great week. Bye. Bye.